0: I'm I'm really excited to be here with you this morning. Um, if Abby can put up my first slide, please. Um, as Steve said last night, some of us went to our um, These are some really cool pictures. As you can see, they're a bit blurry because there's so much action happening. Um, but I'd like to point out a special couple. Uh, Viz, our pastor, bottom <laughs> left-hand corner, they're doing a flip. Uh, Steve, crazy, bouncing off the walls. Um, The reason that I'm not going to move around much today is I sprained my ankle from being overly excitable. Um, But I did actually just get some prayer and it's been really painful and the pain's actually gone. So after service we could do some more prayer because I'd like to be able to take the strapping off. Um, Anyway, so today I'm going to be talking on um, how we can be a generous church. Um, So if we could move to the the next slide. Cool. So Proverbs um, 11.25 says, A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. What does being generous mean? It means different things to us. Someone being a generous serving of food, um, being given a generous serving of food means that they're getting probably more than they need for, for that meal, than a sort of hearty serving. When someone's given a generous assessment of somebody's work, it means maybe they've given them... You know, a B when maybe it should have been a C plus. Or they're generous with their marking, um, and when someone is a generous giver, it normally means that they're, given, they're giving away more of their money than might be expected, or more of the time than somebody might just automatically expect. So today, I'm going to talk about how to be a generous person and how to give generously. We have resources which we can choose to keep for ourselves, or we can choose to give them away. And those resources cover lots of things, so it covers our prayer time, our physical time and energy, our skills, our talents, and, and of course it covers our money, I'm not going to beat around the bush on that one, it covers lots of things. So when we give um, part of our income within the church, uh, this is called a tithe, tithe isn't a special word, um, it's just a historic word where people in the Bible would give 10% of their income to the church. So mentioning money, I'm sure some of you are already having some kind of physical reaction to what I'm saying. (laughs) Whether you're in church or whether you're somewhere else, everyone has an emotional response to money. Some of you may be feeling tense. Some of you might be feeling a bit fearful um, that I'm going to ask for your money. Some of you have maybe tension in your stomach. Um, Some of you might be thinking, I don't have anything to give away, or maybe... I've got lots of luxuries and I don't want to give them away. I need to keep up with the Joneses. So maybe, I hope, some of you are excited because you've been feeling prompted by the Holy Spirit and want to know more about what giving could mean and what it could actually look like in our lives. So what if there was something out there that provided us with some guidance as to what we could do, what the kingdom offers us? Well, maybe we actually already have such a book. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: now, my sister uh, Melissa here at the front, she discipled me into the faith. She told me about the Bible, she showed me the Bible, um, and that's how I kind of came to understand some of what the Bible meant. And one of the things that I found really useful um, for remembering what God tells us is an acronym of the letters in the Bible. If so you can see on here, best instructions before leaving Earth. Now, that's a pretty cool way to remember uh, what this good book is here for. Now, those of you that know me know that I love Americans. (laughs) And one of my favorite pastors um, is Joel Olsteen. And he, before he does any sermon, does this really cool kind of statement of faith. Um, And so I was going to share that with you today because there's quite a lot of scriptural references in my talk. Um, So, if you have a Bible, or if it's on your phone, or just want to put your hand in the air to show that you sort of also believe this, um, if we could move on to the next slide, and then we can read together. So, this is my Bible. I I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. 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 Today Today I will be taught the Word of God. God. I boldly boldly confess, confess. my My mind is alert, alert. my My heart is receptive, I will never be the same again. I am about to receive the, the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the word
1: of God. I will never be the same.
0: In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, yes. I okay. forgot that um, Cool, thanks guys. So, what if there were biblical principles for financial freedom and feeling peaceful about money? Now who in here knows how much God talks in the Bible about next slide please Abby. Anybody guess it nope. please? How no day to <laughs> <laughs> <Holidays. laughs> <Holidays. laughs> <laughs> eyes to the second slide. Uh, baptism. Fourteen. Yes <laughs> We're such a well versed congregation. Prayer. Oh, say that. <laughs> Any number, anyone, high oh, forty. 28 280
1: 280
0: Good. Good. <laughs> um, faith they're getting higher each time people 400 350 well done Laura Woo-hoo. love
1: 60,
0: so. 650 give oh. a prize. <laughs> and the big one financial and material possessions and wealth so we've that number 2,350, you can reveal the answers now. (laughs) So that's a lot. (laughs) The Bible teaches us about giving, and money is just one of the demonstrations, um, um, among others. Um, But it is really (coughs) important. I'm going to talk about tithing, um, and say, give 10% of what you earn to the church. Does anybody feel stressed about
1: that? <laughs> a little bit worried,
0: maybe. Don't be disappointed, I've said it. It's out there. <laughs> Worst is over. I feel like quite a lot of people are holding their breath, so everyone's together. and <sighs> let it go. That's cool. So now let's unpack what I've just said. Um, if we can get to the position where we can acknowledge that God already owns everything, then we learn that actually God already owns our possessions. Uh, We're going move on to the next slide, please. Do you like how that moved up there? Um, so, as Psalm 24-1 says, The earth belongs to God. Everything in the world is his. If we can see ourselves as God's steward, steward just being a fancy word for someone who looks after things, then we have the privilege and responsibility of looking after our belongings and being generous. As 2 Corinthians says, you will be made rich in every way, so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through your generosity, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. It also says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now what if we were part of something bigger than ourselves? What if we were part of something bigger than the church? What if our giving was part of the immense story of the kingdom? We'll come back to that later. (laughs) Life isn't static. It moves, it changes. We as individuals are quite complicated people. But as a whole, one of the things that we share is kind of a desire to grow and to mature. And the story of God can help us to do this. And when we know more about the story of God, then it builds a desire in us to know more and to be more. Now, most of the things in life that lead to something good, kind of health and wholeness, require us to have an awareness of them and to put some care on them. If you think of health and fitness, you can't lie on the sofa eating crisps and expect to be fit and healthy. You have to think about having a balanced diet, moving around, doing some exercise. If you look at your relationships, if you think about your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your parents, your kids, your friends, that all requires you to make sure that you spend time connecting with those people, overcoming misunderstandings, working through arguments, showing each other love. You can't just be passive. If you want to do well in your job, you need to understand what your boss requires of you. You need to know how to do that and try and do it to the best that you can. Now, that sounds simple, right? yeah good or maybe not
1: <laughs>
0: sounds simple but actually living it out is maybe a bit tougher we all want all the blocks of our life to be like this really solid foundation where we can control everything and everything's always going really well <coughs> we look for shortcuts and quick fixes in order to achieve this but we find actually there's no easier way it requires us to work at things and maintain them and make effort and our spiritual life is the same We need practical knowledge, we need wisdom, and we need advice in order that we can mature and that we can grow. The risk here is that we rationalise absolutely everything as to why we can't be generous givers. We treat our faith as a pick and mix of life. We go about seeing how we can have everything we want and still be in the kingdom. Now, don't get me wrong, God's word isn't designed to restrict us like we're in a prison cell. We've got a little window where we can look out into the beautiful world. The Bible scriptures totally do the opposite. They show us how we can have a life that is full, a life that is whole and gives to our soul. Being a follower of Jesus, it's an open invitation. But we have to choose to do that walk. Next slide, please. Now, the Bible isn't all fluffy. You know, there is some warnings in there for us. And this is a warning about man's way of loving money. So Luke sixteen thirteen, For neither you nor anyone else can serve two masters. You will hate one and show loyalty to the other. Or else the other way round, you will be enthusiastic about one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. However, the Bible also tells us not to fear loss or hard times and instead have faith that God will provide. In Psalm 37, 18-19, it says, Day by day, the Lord observes the good deeds done by godly men and gives them eternal rewards. He cares for them when times are hard. Even in famine, they will have enough. The Bible encourages us to be content and experience God's creative care. Hebrews uh, 13, 5-6 tells us, Stay away from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never leave you. Sorry, I will never, never fail you nor forsake you. That is why we can say without any doubt or fear, The Lord is my helper, and I am not afraid of anything that mere man can do to me. (coughs) I was made, and you were made, to have a life with God. Nothing will work right until we move towards Him. And it's going to take an all-in commitment to Him. And that includes in our giving. We need to fill our heads and our hearts with what God says. We need God's true wisdom. And we need to have an attitude towards others and ourselves, and of course to God, that is godly. It's not enough for me to stand here and challenge people. We have to actually be willing to respond. We have to live into what I'm saying. We have to live into the stories that we hear from the Bible, if we want to be in God's presence. We have to make a conscious effort to be a partner with the Holy Spirit in all that He does in our lives. So, what can we do? I've told you lots of things. Have I told you what we practically can do? Hopefully, I've got some hints hints and tips here that will, or hinters, as I've created in your web, that will help everyone. So, next slide, please, Abby. Cool. So, we can pray for wisdom and ask God to help us identify with real needs. As it says in Philippians, and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. As we are stewards of God's money, we must exercise wisdom with what we give. That doesn't mean that you have to give to every cause, everything that comes your way, everything that comes in front of you. It does mean that you need to pray and make wisdom with what you do give. You can focus on giving by asking yourself, What ministries and projects do you care about? What's God put on your heart? What do you want to support? And just as a little segue, if you want to donate something specific to the church, you can tell us, and we as trustees, make sure that that is ring-fenced just for that project. So for example, somebody gave some money towards Bags of Blessing. Now that money hasn't gone for catering, that money hasn't gone for any other courses. That money's just gone to help homeless and vulnerable people and we make sure that we protect what people ask of us. Now in Philemon, it says, you are generous because of your faith, and I am praying that you will really put your generosity to work, for in doing so, you will come to an understanding of all the good things we can do for Christ. And whilst we're on choices, some of you have mentioned to me that you've given somebody money, or lent them money, and expected to get it back, and they've been late paying you, or actually maybe haven't paid you back at all. So my message here is that if you do get burned, don't be stingy. Don't let the experience stop you from helping others. Especially don't pray for that person to be struck down
1: by lightning,
0: (laughs) but rather ask God to bless them, show them the right path, and to help you to be wise in the future. Next slide, please. So secondly, we can give with the right attitude. God is interested in our hearts, not just our actions, as Jeff said earlier, by the words he read out. The Bible tells us to give from a thankful heart. In 2 Corinthians, each man should give what he has decided to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God (coughs) loves a cheerful giver. Our hearts matter. Not because we give out of a burden or because we want to gain something more from God. It's not like I give you a tenner and he gives you back a hundred pounds. That's giving from the wrong place. But God does actually promise to meet our needs. He often does reward our generosity financially. But he also rewards us with things that are more important. Spirituality, a connection with him. We get his spiritual refreshment. And that's way more important than anything material. If we look at Paul in the Bible, we can see that he spent his life for Jesus and for kingdom work, yet he often lacked the material things. But what he did get was a deep relationship with God, and he got to have full and abundant joy. As Matthew 6 tells us, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves (coughs) break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Next slide, please. So we can... I see that in the microphone. We can give humbly. Remember that God gives you an ability to share. Be thankful for the privilege of giving, but do not become proud or kind of showy about what you're doing. Look at me, I put £100 in the box. It's not what it's about. But as it tells us in one chronicle, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. Now, for, as a personal story, about 18 months ago, my dad um, came to me and said that um, I needed to replace my car. And he also told me that there were a couple from his local church that really needed a car. Now, my dad spotted um, what is now my beautiful gold Honda um, on a verge. And it was a lady that was selling off because she didn't need it anymore. So I actually got a car that had hardly any mileage on it. One old lady owner, you know, kind of typical thing that you see in auto trader. Um, (laughs) And so I got a really good deal and a good quality car. So I bought that. And then I was able to give my car that I didn't need anymore... To this couple from my dad's church. Now that was amazing because it actually meant that they were able to go to work, and they couldn't believe that somebody could be so generous to them. Now I was intending to do a video, but I can't find the video anymore. Um, but it's another cool pastor from a vineyard church in America, of course.
1: Another another one. <laughs> another one. Another so one. many.
0: Um, But I'll just read out what he says um, without doing an American voice. (laughs) Um, The kingdom and serving the kingdom takes priority over helping ourselves and our church. We are part of something bigger than ourselves and bigger than the local church. Because we are servants of the kingdom, the king may ask to take some of our resources and spread it around for the sake of the kingdom. It will cost the individual and the church. God may ask us to be open-handed in giving away possessions, money, or even people in the church. Now this sounds great, until you actually have to do it. But it's the kingdom that asks for it. Ultimately, if we don't do it, we will be richer. But the kingdom won't be richer. Now generosity is different to everybody. And God calls us to submit to him in the area of our finances, as well as lots of other areas. We want to be a generous people and provide the church with resources to do things well, whilst also generating generosity out in the kingdom, um, especially for us, Balaam and beyond. Uh, God wants us to enjoy a full and abundant life, and he doesn't want us to have to stress about money, stress about material possessions. The world cannot assure us of welfare and nor can we always rely on our own abilities to provide for ourselves. God calls us to depend entirely on him. God created everything and he owns everything. He is far more capable for providing for your needs than you could ever imagine. How would your life be if you truly trusted God with being the foundation of your financial security? please. So Proverbs 3, 5-6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make (coughs) your path straight. When Jesus told his followers, I came that they might have life, and it might be abundant. You know, we kind of don't accept that that also extends to abundance in our finances. But Jesus wasn't stingy. He wanted to give us everything that we could have life. Jesus says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given. Mm -hmm. Now some of my friends from Ellsley Vineyard didn't know how they were going to pay their bills one month. The dad had been out of work due to health problems. They were faithful that God would provide. And one evening, somebody anonymously posted £500 through their letterbox. Now, some of you are probably thinking, well, they told everybody in the church, so it's not surprised that somebody gave it to them. But actually, they hadn't told anybody what they were going through, and they only told us after the event. And I just wanted that to be an encouragement to people that there is provision out there, even when you can't see how it's going to happen. Our faith does require action. It means that we actually have to ask God to provide for our needs. And then it means that we have to expect that he will provide. As long as we ask, in line with his will and in good faith, he promises to answer. So keep your heart and your motives pure and take God at his word to apply from his unlimited resources. So what does all this mean? Within the church, as a guideline, we take 10% of your gross income as a starting point. That's a guide for people. It isn't a mandate, but it is a worthy demonstration of trust, of relying on God. Giving a tithe honours God, and he knows then that we don't need to rely just on our own abilities and our own personal resources. Next slide, please. As Proverbs 3.9 says, honour the Lord by giving him the first part of your income in Deuteronomy it tells us the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives so what does this look like in practice we are all in different stages of our lives different work or no work positions and we have different levels of resources available to us and that changes between now and tomorrow and the future some of us are full-time parents or carers Some of us work full-time or part-time. Some of us are in debt. Some of us run two jobs. Some of us are currently out of work. Some are contractors and get paid in lump sums, but nothing else for weeks. Whether or not you have a lot of material possessions or money, be a generous person with your time and your talents. Look for ways that you can help the church or ministries that matter to you or people that you know who are in need. Jesus was the best example of how to be a servant and how to show concern for others, so choose to follow him. Regardless of your financial situation, God does want you to look for ways to bless others and to tell them about the kingdom. Through the Bible, we're instructed to reach out to those in need and offer generous help.
1: Next slide, please, Abby.
0: Uh, For thousands of years, people have given a tithe back to God. In the Old Testament, it says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the land, belongs to God. It is holy to the Lord. Now, some people say, because that's Old Testament, we're no longer under the law. In, In the New Testament, we're not required to tithe our 10%. They often don't do it. Or argue, find arguments why they shouldn't. However, in his letter to the Corinthians, Paul says, now about the collection for God's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up, so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. No matter how you view tithing, there is no question that the New Testament teaches us to give generously and this is important to god if you have a heart aligned to jesus you should be eager to give to the work of the lord and to help those who are in need now don't be uncomfortable if you earn a little and therefore feel that you don't have a lot to give to god god is interested in your heart as 2 corinthians says for the willingness is there for if the willingness is there the gift is acceptable according to what one has not according to what one does not have. Equally, don't be uncomfortable if you are wealthy. The Bible reminds us to use it to bless others. In 1 Timothy, it says, Command those who are rich to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. We are told to be generous with everyone. God created everyone who is alive. Every person is precious to him. In Acts, Luke tells us, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work we must help the weak, remembering the words that the Lord Jesus himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. If you're now wondering how you can actually be generous to the church, let me share the practical ways that you can give. Our preferred way of giving is via the giving section of the Ballon Vineyard Church website, where there's a link that you can click on and you can give to the church in a way that suits you, either regularly or one offs. Now, if you are a taxpayer, we'd ask you to tick the box that you're a taxpayer because that means that we can claim it back. You can also give via our bank account direct if that is better for you. Or, as you saw earlier, there's collection boxes where you can give by cash or cheque. And if you want to give your time, then please talk to Stephen Viv um, about how you can do this. Now, some people are already like, whoa, Joe, (laughs) I'm just learning to walk and you want me to take a Ferrari out on the fast lane of a motorway. I don't know how to go on this journey. How can you go if you're not giving anything or not giving a tithe of any kind to where I've said earlier, everyone can start with praying about their own situation. Trust in God, ask for him to remove any fear that you have around money and ask for him to provide for you. If you don't have an income, then pray if you can give your time and your energy. If you're not giving any of your resources to the church, pray about how you can start to do this. Maybe start with 1% and then look at whether or not you can build it up. If you're already giving 10% of your net income, build up to giving 10% of your gross income. Now, some of you are saying, well, that's just a ladder. You've just taken me up a ladder. What happens if my situation change. And that does happen. Life circumstances change. Um, and so to tell you one way of handling this is my lovely sister, who's going to tell you how she's dealt with giving...
1: Hi, good morning, everybody. It is a pleasure to be with you all today. So I started off as a primary school teacher, a very stable income. And when I first went to church, I didn't go until I was about 30. So I thought this is an insane thing to do. But actually, I was cash rich and I just signed it over straight through the bank. And to be honest, I didn't really notice. And I was able to then give, you know, quite happily with no trouble at all. And this was all going swimmingly until I decided I no longer wanted to be a teacher. So at this point I quit my job completely, I was completely burned out, I took six to eight months of no work whatsoever, and then I hit that point where I had been giving a lot to the church and then I couldn't. So at this point I was, you know, quite upset by it, but actually what I found was, what I did, was I then gave my time to church instead. So I moved from probably giving, you know, an hour or two a week to three days a week. So that's quite an extreme move, and I'm not suggesting everybody does that, but it worked for me, and I was able to give in a very different way to the church. After that point, I then realised that I had now no money, and I had to get a job. So instead of doing a job job, I self-employed myself, whatever that meant, I started working for other people on their homes. And now I was in a situation where actually I didn't know how much money was going to come in, I didn't even know if I was going to have work that week so what I did at that point was I would actually just give 10% of whatever came in when I had it. And that worked and I was still time rich so I could still run a women's ministry and use my skills which was crafting so I had that all set up and I was a happy little bunny doing all these things at once. But it gets to the point where we think actually I need a more stable income. Little sis here was on the ball, thought it was time we had a proper business so now I renovate houses, and this is, again, a different situation because I work for months and months and months, and then I get a pot of money at the end. So what we do now is I'm able to then give at that point, except here comes the twist in this story. I have three churches, so I would deem this my church, I would deem Coventry Vineyard my church, and I would deem my home home church, which is an Anglican church, my home church. So what I actually do is give to all three and just split it. So what I would say to you is pray, pray, you know, for yourself, work out what works and don't be scared just to be flexible with your giving because God actually knows what you have at any point but you can always give of yourself. So be calm about your giving and don't be scared of it because actually God does provide, you know, I wanted to go to a conference and I prayed about it for for weeks because it meant I would have to go back to work immediately. And I felt God say go, and actually it was the best thing I ever did to go to this conference. It doesn't matter what it was about, but what I can tell you is when I got home on the work tour, it was a refund for the tax amount for the exact amount that I paid for the conference, and I didn't even know I was due a tax refund, so, so, so please be encouraged. Awesome. Thank you. i <laughs> got a lovely cap. <laughs> <Wow. laughs>
0: of course. <laughs> cool. And uh, in case you're also wondering... The church does also follow this principle. Um, each year we give 5% of our income to Vineyard UK, which is like the, the um, body that oversees all the vineyard, sorry, vineyard churches in the UK, and we also give 5% to other causes. So if we obviously add those two up, it's the, the 10%. Now to say that Ballon Vineyard Church cannot accomplish its mission without your partnership is a fact. When this our church was planted back into two thousand. 2015, and we didn't have like this massive detailed blueprint of all that God was going to do among us. But we do believe that God is taking us on this amazing journey to bring life to Balaam and beyond, and that we're passionate about Jesus and telling people about Jesus. We want to communicate our love of Jesus, both in (laughs) words of what we tell people and in practice of what we do. Practically, this does mean. How and what we do with our lives, with our time, and how and what we do with the resources that we've been given. Our mission is to be the best church for the community, and we've made great strides over the last year. We now run Sunday services, as you're probably all aware. We have six small groups, and we host a load of compassion ministries um, healing on the streets. We have a job club for people looking for um, support confidence and help finding work. We have bags of blessing which are given away to homeless and vulnerable people. And we're developing a community hub at the base that we call Restore. This has all been possible because of the donations from a growing group of people who are excited by this vision and want to make it a reality. And because, of course, God has blessed us and he's given us miracles and he has partnered with us. With 2016 ahead of us, We want to dream big with God and we want to see the local community transformed. I don't want to beat around the bush. (laughs) The church needs money to do this. The church needs people's time to do this. It's a big vision and we want you to partner with what God is calling us to do. I don't think anybody would like today to be about a -a beggathon or for me to have some (laughs) kind of sign-up list that everybody can make a promise to. We all have resources and we all make choices about what we do with those. And that determines how we're serving the kingdom. At the same time, I, and hopefully you, have seen God massively transforming people's lives. Saving people, healing people, transforming their situations. It's been such a blessing to us and we want to be able to continue this. So, I don't know what's on the path ahead. I do know that God has good things in store for us. And I do believe that the church is going to do immensely more than it has already done. We've been praying about this in prayer group. And we've had visions of helping thousands of people. And I hope it's like a ripple effect that we do thousands to tens of thousands. Because God doesn't want his work to stop. God has a big plan. And we get to be part of that big plan. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, God will give you so much that you can, can give much away. And when we take your gift to those who need them, they will break out in thanksgiving and praise to God for your help. This is a reminder that it's not about us when we give. It's about others who are receiving and the transformation that they can see in their lives. So may I ask you, what do you feel God is calling you to do in order to be more generous to his work. That's the end of it. I'm just going to do a quick prayer. Um, So let's pray together. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the Bible. We thank you for the truth that you have given us today. We thank you for what you've revealed to us. We thank you that your Bible tells us how to live our lives and how to be generous people and generous givers. I pray that you will show us Who you are, and who we are to be more clearly by knowing you. We invite the Holy Spirit into our lives to reveal where we are and where we need to head. Lord, help us to tend our hearts. We invite the Holy Spirit in. Show us the places in in our lives that have not been aligned to you, where we've hardened ourselves to you, where we've been fearful, or where we've felt disappointed or where we've just completely checked out. Lord, please come and break through into these places and fill us with your presence and your grace. Come, Holy Spirit. We want to be followers of you in all facets of our lives. We want to be healthy. We want our souls to be full of life, full of generosity and full of abundance. So come, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen.